When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's extra special Friday episode is so very extra, extra special because my guest is Grammy award-winning keyboard virtuoso Corey Henry. He spoke to me about his spark, Stevie Wonder's album Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. Uh, It's one of Stevie Wonder's lesser-known albums, but it has a really interesting history, and uh, Corey had a lot of great stuff to say about it. So why don't we just get to it? Quick Corey facts. World-renowned artist, composer, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and all-around keyboard master, Corey Henry, was born to be a musician. Picking up the organ at age two and becoming a permanent fixture of his church's choir by five, it wasn't long before he was sharing the stage with the likes of Ms. Lauren Hill, Quincy Jones, and The Roots. And he also won a Grammy Award as a vital part of the instrumental collective Snarky Puppy. Corey's new album, Best of Me, is out right now. Uh, Quick Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants facts. Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants is an album by Stevie Wonder, originally released on the Tamla Motown label in 1979. It is the soundtrack to the documentary The Secret Life of Plants, directed by Waylon Green, which was based on the book of the same name by Peter Tompkins and Christopher Bird. It contains two singles that hit the Billboard Hot 100 charts, Send Me Your Love, which uh, peaked at number four, and the minor hit Outside Your Window, which peaked at number 52. Uh, Much more about that album in the interview. So let's get going. Here comes my chat with Corey Henry about Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. The first question is always, uh, do you remember engaging with this artwork for the first time? So do you remember hearing the uh, Secret Life of Plants soundtrack? Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. That's the uh, full title. Oh, man. Um, I think I first heard that album when I was a teenager. Hmm. And I remember liking certain songs and not really understanding the other songs. I remember I was like, man, I didn't know what was happening. It hit me from a different place because I was so stuck on uh, what's the big one at that time? Uh, songs in the songs in the uh, yeah. songs in the key of life. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I was so stuck on that. You know, that was like one of my introductions to Stevie Wonder. So I was so stuck on that when I heard the journey in the secret life of plants. Uh, it, was, it was so different, and um, it took a long time to grow on me. Um, but throughout the years. 
from there, I learned and learned. I learned to love it more and more. So many different things about it spoke to me. And as a grown man, <laughs> the whole thing is just like changes my ent- entire like spectrum on how I think about music. Man, it's just I love that album. It might be like my favorite Stevie Wonder album. You know, it's so crazy from start to start to finish. Um, how he took you on this journey and. Um, experienced so many different things. It was, it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, like, like what you were saying for a lot of people, songs in the key of life is like the pinnacle of his career. I was like listening back through that today and it's like a greatest hits album. Like the, the, it's, it's crazy. And I think it really is uh, a good indication of where he was in his career that he could go from an album like that to an album like this. And like, you know, at the peak of his creative powers um probably you know the the biggest uh the the time period we had was dominating music the most and doing something that's just like totally experimental really unusual something that was like nothing he had ever done before and you know the when it was released it was kind of mixed results at the time but i think uh the way that it's been viewed in retrospect, it's just like this groundbreaking, the influence that you can hear on it, uh, on, on music that's come after it is that, you know, there's, there's so much going on. And it's also like, it's a double album that, uh, followed another double album. And I think both of those albums together really represent different sides of him and, are, uh, again, a good indication, both of them, of the ways that he's influenced other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much, you know, from from the music side to the lyric side, to the singing, to the production, to him playing all the instruments, um, all those different things, is, that's, you know, in, inspires me, you know, to create, you know, stuff now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that, that, you know, being a multi-instrumentalist, um, there are these musicians who are just, it's like superhuman. I, I don't, it, it, you know, boggles the mind that one person can do all these things. And on this album, he played like almost every instrument Mm -hmm. and it's this, Mm -hmm. you know, one man band. Um, and I think of people like Stevie Wonder and Prince and, um, you know, these just like absolute titans of, um, music who taught themselves how to do basically everything and really didn't have to rely that much on other people to make music. You know, he had a lot of collaborators on this album too, but yeah. Um, and just like digging into music a little bit, you know, there are definitely tracks. There's, there's more traditional songs, um, especially side three. I keep, you know, looking back through these, uh, the album as well and like seeing it divided into sides, like, Mm -hmm. you know, vinyl organization is, uh, is quite a trip, but, um, like side three has these kind of ballads and mid tempo songs that are more in line with what he's done before. But then you have these like instrumental tracks and songs like race babbling that are like out of this world, really just, you know, left field stuff that, you've never experienced from him before. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, are there particular things about the like particular aspects of the album that you found more inf- influential, like the, uh, the instrumental stuff, the stuff that you really connect to or. Oh, um, yeah, no, it's all of it, man. Like not to be, it's all of it. So, so this record hits me in different ways. Like, recently i've been on the record again right like let's say in the last six months or so 
listening to it a lot. And now I'm, I'm inspired um, by the songwriting part of it. Um, the songs like um, Wish That I Can Come Back Like, like a Flower. Mm-hmm. Uh, songs. Uh, oh, what's the other one? I really love this one. What's the name of that one? Power Flower. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah, to yeah. Power Flower every day. So, like, since January... I probably listen to a piece of that song every day, probably like for about three to four months of this year, man. I, like I get in the car and I, have to, I just have to hear it. Something about the way the road sounds, something about how the drums sound. You know, he's playing all the instruments. I love how he's daring on a, on a percussion, you know, like he's taking a drum solo basically in the middle of the song. You know, it's mm. like, it's, it's just amazing. The melodic part, the me- melodic structure of the song, the way he's using the diminished chords as the melody like all those different things that makes that album, that song rather, just money. It's just special, just special. Another big one is Come Back as a Flower. What's the other one I love? Um, la, 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 la. What's that one called? Uh, mm-hmm. Outside My Window, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It's, called oh, it's just like, I wish to write songs like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, songs that give you a feel. It just gives me a very... Um, a beautiful feeling, man. Yeah. Every time I hear it, like wakes me up. Yeah. And like, even between those two songs, the contrast is really, you know, they, they're coming from opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of the kinds of music that he makes. Um, but still just, it, they don't feel like they don't belong together. The whole album feels like something that you should listen to as a whole. Um, and there are definitely songs that stand out and stuff, but like uh, Power Flower is almost like, I don't know, George Clinton or something that it's like, um, has, has a really different feel that chunk of the album, um, to the rest of it. And thinking about it as like sort of a concept album about plants. That's the soundtrack to this really obscure documentary that basically no one has seen. Like even at the time when it came out, it was really hard to see. Um, and having somebody who's like a musical genius being able to take that idea you know, he why, he had like the rushes of the film described to him so that he could, you know, uh, write music along to, to what was on the screen. Um, but then also making it his own and um, talking about his own experience through this film about the natural world and kind of um, latching on to the, the ideas of like all all of us being connected, the natural world being connected to humanity. Um, and that kind of stuff, I don't know if that's really, I think, I think he had a deeper idea than the film did itself. Um, so that was really interesting to me too, that he's just like created this, I, I think, more substantial work that's supposed to just be something that's running under this movie. That's the most genius part of it is that, you know, he, he legally can't see, mm. <laughs> you know, and he's writing scores for a movie and uh and that in itself how that inspired him to write songs you know like he wrote records obviously right up until this point but being inspired by a movie and you can't see that's that's another that's another level of genius and like how can you really portray the the feelings of this movie and you haven't seen it just i don't get it but he did it and i just actually as we talk about this i just realized i never seen the movie either I just, have you seen it yeah yeah i i watched oh, it is it good um, I wouldn't go that far. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, it, there's there's interesting stuff in it. Like, um, okay, 
there's some time-lapse stuff of like, you know, flowers growing and opening up and um, a lot of stuff at the natural world. This documentary is based on a book that kind of uh, mm-hmm. is a theory that, you know, plants have human emotions or at least can respond to human emotions. And the science is not that solid on that. Um, So there's a lot of stuff about that that seems a bit iffy. But there's also stuff that um, Stevie Wonder was able to pick out. There's a section about George Washington Carver and just talking about like botanists and people who uh, were entrepreneurs with uh, stuff that was related to the natural world and people who haven't gotten their due. And so I think he... Those are the moments in the film that Stevie Wonder was like the most interested in and wrote songs about. Um, Mm. And then there's a lot of it that's just kind of like, eh, whatever. And there's there's other music that comes into it that he didn't write. Um, It's a really long film. I think it's like two and a half hours long. Um, Oh, man. That's crazy. So is it on Netflix? No, <laughs> no, I had to watch it on YouTube. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just joking. I don't, I don't think yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah I, nobody, listen nobody to the can. soundtrack. That's more than enough. Right. <laughs> soundtrack is more than enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more than enough. Yeah. But, um, also just the, the fact that this album is sandwiched between two albums that have these like monster hits really recognizable, you know, hotter in July, then hotter than July came after this. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just, I, I, I think it's so amazing to have somebody take those kinds of risks and do something that's so outside of what they're known for. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, listening to this is just like, it really isn't like anything that, that he ever did before or since. Yeah. That's the thing that inspires me the most, man. You know, as I work on music and, you know, working on this new record, uh, the best of me. Um, that's what inspired me the most is that he takes risk every song. You know, it's, he doesn't really chill on any song. He just he writes these beautiful melodies and amazing chord changes, and he he uh, puts the jazz in there. He puts the soul in there. There's all of these different types of various types of uh, music genres um, in one song, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. You know. And it could go from, you know, he does it. I feel like he does it on every album. Even songs in the key of life is like that. It's like you got these really dramatic songs and bam, out of nowhere, there's a, a instrumental that sounds like Chikoria Forever Band, you know, mm. Return of Forever or something like that. It's just, it's amazing how you can do that, you know, and I, I aspire to be like that. I, I, I aspire to write songs to, you know, that everybody can understand and write songs that, you know, musicians would like and the non-musician would like and, you know, all of the above. And Stevie Wonder really is my blue point, blue, blueprint mm. to um especially this love uh Journey in the Secret Life of Plants album. I just love this album so much. Yeah. And I think that idea of having songs that everybody can relate to, um, mm. you know, even if they're not coming from the same experience that he's had, an album like this that's like he's interpreting this documentary and trying to understand it in a way that relates to his life and then make songs that I think make it easier for people to kind of understand the themes of the film. Then, you know, like I said, it's easier to understand the music than it is to understand and relate to the actual film. Um, so as a kind of translator, um, and, and somebody who makes music that really speaks to people that really, um, has not just broad appeal, but he knows how to distill really complicated themes 
into songs that are, you know, not, not just, uh, songs that deliver that message effectively, but they're absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, these are songs that stick in people's heads, songs that people sing constantly. And, um, you know, his, his career has been going on for whatever, like 60 years now. And (laughs) he's still this absolutely dominating presence um mm-hmm. yeah the, the it, you can't underestimate how how influential he's been on so many people yeah i agree i agree with all that it's deep his career has been <laughs> and he's worked with so many amazing people so so story career heaven career yeah and you know having one song in this album with um sarita wright like coming back to collaborators who he's worked with before and having this kind of crew of people who he knows understand um, that they understand where he's coming from, what his music is about and um, what he's looking for. Like uh, Tata Vega, um, who is a, you know, big uh, background singer. Um, She's, she's all over this album too. Did you ever see, um, is it five feet from stardom? Is that the name of that? Movie. No, I know about it though. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, she's she's in that. Singers, right? Yeah, she's in that, and Stevie Wonder's in that as well. Um, mm. but anyway, that's digression. Uh, mm. the the point being that you know he in in this album, I think, um, it's like you said, also just mixing all these different kinds of genres, like having stuff that sounds like classical music, but made electronically. Um, and I think it, it was the the second digitally produced album um real yeah yeah i did yeah i heard about that yeah so just like pushing boundaries and like you said always trying to innovate every album trying to um you know have have a cohesive whole like it sounds like an album but still having different sounds having different you know peaks and troughs in the music so that it's kind of taking you on a, a journey um and this album is really uh, indicative of that kind of thing that it's, you know, it's a long album and it just kind of carries you away. Um, and like, I understand how listening to it for the first time, people could have been a bit like unsure because it was so different to anything that he'd done before. But, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yes. It's definitely my favorite. And like I said before, it grown on me. Like when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, what's going on? But now after, I mean, it was crazy. When I first heard it, it was already, 20 years old <laughs> and now 20 years later after i've heard it again i'm like oh lord this is one of the best things because it's so deep it's so rich with content and lyrics and good you know production and chord changes and, and um another another tidbit about the record that i love is that um uh what's the song that i really like he uses the theme of um and he, he re-recorded it uh now i gotta look at the hold on me find us <laughs> Sitting one your love, that one. Yeah. Sitting one your love. I mean, he recorded that one another project, I believe, but I, he might. I think he recorded it here first, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was like, like he wrote, like he wrote it on this record. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, because that's such a big song. Um, I think for him, or at least that I think of, I love the changes of that. But it's nice to hear it in this version. Like there's an instrumental version of it, you know, and then a different recorded version of it later. I thought that was really cool when I first heard it on this album. Yeah, and that was the big single from this album too. Like mm-hmm. that got to number four, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think anything else from this really got anywhere. Mm-hmm. He had, mm-hmm. I think, off the back of um, songs in the key of life, this album 
entered the charts at number four and then just like mm. bombed after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. People was hating. Yeah. Or, or just like didn't understand it. And mm. it is really different to songs in the key of life. And it, it took a long time for people to learn how to appreciate it. Like he had a big tour planned and I think they only did six shows. Cause like, you know, he couldn't even sell out a show in Detroit where he's from. Um, so yeah, people were just like either not into it or just kind of like, what is this? Um, that sounds fake. Yeah. But you know, I, I, sometimes it just takes a while. People have to really learn to love stuff. And, um, there's plenty of examples of that in every art form where people, you know, learn to appreciate something that was really hated at the time that it, it came out. I don't know if anybody got that far. Like, I don't think people hated it, but they just were like, what is this? But yeah, like we've been saying, it is this totally amazing body of work. And even though I don't think this is like a greatest hits collection in the way that Songs in the Key of Life is, it's still so interesting and all of the songs on it, um, even if they're not big singles, it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's a really fascinating, unusual project. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I feel like that's a nice, uh, note to end on. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you making time for me. I know you're a, you're a busy guy, especially right now. So, um, yeah, this is, this has been really fun. Thanks for having me, man. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate the, uh, time and opportunity to talk about some of my favorite music man. it's really really helped me in my journey and uh i think more people should know about journey and the secret life of plants i don't i don't feel like enough people know especially some of my musician homies hmm. and asking some of my musician homies like hey you heard this thing They're like what and i'm like bro you missing out right yeah <laughs> you missing yeah. out on some of the dopest music ever so just glad to just uh be able to shine some light on yeah uh such an amazing piece of music and something that touched me yeah uh, deeply yeah yeah so thank you man thank you Adam. yeah thank you so much and um absolutely man thank right. you bro take care talk soon bye bye that was great thanks again to Corey for coming on the show i had so much fun talking to him his new album best of me is out now for you to stream and download to your heart's content uh, okay, um, instead of an inspirational work from me this episode, I am going to give you a little preview of Fantastic Fest, which starts today in Austin, Texas. Uh, Fantastic Fest is the largest genre film festival in the United States, specializing in horror, fantasy, sci-fi, action, and just plain fantastic movies from all around the world. And I am going to be covering it remotely over the next week. Here's a little, quick little rundown of the movies on offer that I'm most excited about. I'm just going to give you a little blurb and my initial quite skeletal impressions. So uh, here we go. The first one, there's a Netflix movie called There's Someone Inside Your House, which looks like a fun teen slasher movie, and I'm always on board for that kind of thing. There's a true story called The Execution that's about the hunt for a Russian serial killer. Um, there's a movie called Knocking about a woman who hears unexplained, uh, you guessed it, knocking in her apartment and can't get anyone to believe that the noises are real. That looks really creepy. Um, but I am most excited for Lamb, which stars Numi Rapace and is a movie about raising a lamb like a human child or something. And it looks totally bonkers and I can't wait. And then there's Titane, which won the Palme d'Or at Cannes this year. And it's about a woman who has sex with cars or something. I don't know, but... 
hey, I can't wait to see it. So um, yeah, much more about the festival next week. If you're in Austin, you should go and check it out in person. And uh, yeah, that's just about it from me this week, except that I also have my very first live Spark Parade show next week in Brooklyn. It's on Wednesday, September 29th at Come On Everybody, which is one of my favorite venues. Doors are at 7. Showtime is at 7.30. It's going to be extremely fun, and it's totally free. So come to it if you're in New York. Uh, full details will be on my socials. I'm at Spark Parade across the board. And other than that, back again on Wednesday for more fun. So for now, have a lovely weekend. Stay safe and warm. And until next time... Bye. Greetings from Chromatica, home of Lady Gaga, liberator of kindness punks, mother of little monsters, tricon of the ages. We are her best fans with a mission to create a podcast celebrating our hero. Broadcasting straight from Chromatica. This podcast is about Lady Gaga for Lady Gaga. But anyone can listen. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Prove your stupid love. Ace the art pop quiz. Put your paws up. And download the Chromaticast wherever you get your podcasts. Join us every other Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for our live tapings at twitch.tv slash apocalypse podcast network. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.